Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bottled. The sixth episode today is with Justin De Silva. Now Justin being my housemate, he literally hops across the hallway into my studio and we discuss a variety of topics including exercising, working out, shifting mindset, presidential debates, need versus want and the post-pandemic world. This episode has been split into two segments. Thanks for listening to the first segment of Just in Time with Justin. Please enjoy. You, you see those bars there? Yeah, yeah. There's an entire study behind um, how they function. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why um, I had a crazy idea about a few years ago. Um, you know how Arnold uh, in Terminator says, I'll mm. be back. Yeah, yeah. I wanted that sound wave to be tattooed on. Oh, arm. really? Yeah, yeah, that was... They've done that as well. Um, this lady got like a baby's uh -huh. cries and stuff like that tattooed on her arm. It's oh. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's probably more emotional. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably a good yeah. idea. But yeah, my thing was uh, with Arnold, some, yeah. some, something about um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Or you could do, oh, <laughs> I know so many different like sayings. So like bodybuilding Arnold uh -huh. and then also movie Arnold. And there's two different things like the way that they talk. So with Arnold, mm -hmm. when he's bodybuilding, the way he talked and the way he interacted was really cocky. Uh -huh. And when he's in movies, it's more like, refined so yeah i'll be back i'm this big strong macho man like very mm. mature but when he's a bodybuilder yeah if you watch his videos it's actually so funny because yeah. he's like ah <laughs> it's like franco franco it's 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 a side chest not a front chest <laughs> if you don't have it don't hear it yeah and it's so funny where's he from with that accent he's i think he's it's austrian yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Austrian. He was born in Austria. Yeah. But his parents have another background, but he was born there. Yeah. I think, yeah, because uh, he came to the US when he was young. Mm. Um, maybe, mm. um, I'm not sure when, but he he's, he doesn't have the American accent. But uh, look at the things mm. he's done, right? Bodybuilder, actor. He's the governor of California. Is mm. he still the governor? Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? He may, like, he just made it so bad. Like, really? Yeah. So when he was a governor... He just like unfortunate. It's unfortunate his advisors just didn't help help him in his cause. Yeah, it was more so people voted for him because mm. he's like a public figure. Um, it's the reason why um, Kanye just tried to become president. Yeah, it's a public figure. <laughs> I can do this. I can do that. But then he pulled out of the race almost yeah. immediately. And there was there was a big um, a media cry as well, right? He cried in the media or yeah. cried in the speech or something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happened there? Well, yeah, he pissed on an on, on I think his Grammy. Really? Yeah, he, there was a, like a video where he just he recorded himself just pissing on one of his awards during the campaign. No, after it because it was a whole when um, when Kim and all that like because I'm pretty sure they were like they're on the cusp of separating. Uh huh. But because he really likes to push his ag his own agenda. Yeah. And saying that everyone's out to get him. I mean, really, no one really is out to get. Him. <laughs> yeah. It's just. I think it's someone at his level. Mm. He's, he needs to show that he's like like a perfect figure in a sense. Yeah. I'm the best rapper and whatnot. And then just kind of go from there. Yeah. But as soon as you make a mistake up in that level, mm -hmm. emotions, everything gets looked at to the finest detail, like a exactly. fine tooth comb. Yeah. You can literally like, pick your nose mm. and everyone's like, 
news. Yeah, there was news a few years ago. Barack Obama was playing basketball and he sneezed quite a few times. That was a massive (laughs) thing. Speaking of uh, Kanye West and um, the campaign, Mm. the presidential debate, did you watch it? I didn't. Uh, Good. Don't watch it. Here's the thing. I'll give you a perfect (laughs) summary. I'll give you a summary of what happened there. It's essentially two white guys Mm -hmm. in their 70s or 80s, whatever, just screaming at each other, not putting in arguments, not really talking about agendas and not really defending their party, Mm -hmm. uh, saying the things they want to do. But it's just two adults... just screaming at each other. There's nothing. There's no. If you watch the highlights, it's it's basically just two people screaming at each other. Yeah. And presidential debates, from what it used to be, that big event, it's respected to a certain extent. Yeah. But this is um, this is crazy. And I think it relates to what you said. It, it all comes down to the smaller things, yeah. and it drives people crazy when you hold that sort of office. Oh, hundred percent. And when you get to that point in your life, when you're having that amount of accountability, because the first thing that happened in the presidential de- debate was the memes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one really cared about the actual debate itself. It was more so, how many memes can I actually make of this? Yeah. To just be like, hey, cool, look at them. There was one from Call of Duty where it was like, where people used to challenge each other with like snipers and stuff. You're like, yeah, I can do a 360 no scope on you. Mm-hmm. And I, I found one of them uh, like a couple of days ago and I couldn't stop laughing because everyone was like, this is the only way to settle this. Yeah. And it was just like the biggest meme and only people who played the game would understand it. Yeah. <clears throat> but it, it, that's what it's come to mm-hmm. where because they don't take it so seriously yeah. and they always arguing and bickering and they don't have a valid point to the argument. Yeah. It's just, you shut up. Oh no, you shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm right. You're wrong. It, it shouldn't yeah. be like that. No, 100%. That was more mm. like to, um, like you said, adults are mm. fighting over a, a certain topic as if they were in high school. If yeah. your high school students are taught how to debate properly. I'll tell you an instance where, yeah. uh, what's his name? Um, this guy. Um, yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> how do you forget his name? What, what's his name? Uh, the guy with that looks like a Cheeto. Exactly. An orange. Yeah. Uh, or essentially an orange. This guy was interjecting every um, everything Joe Biden says. Mm. And at one point, Biden was like, will you shut up, man? Uh, he literally said those things. Yeah. Like, will you shut up, man? And then Biden says something about uh, the smartness uh, level yeah. of Trump or how intelligent he is or is not. Mm. And Trump's like, talking about smart. You don't talk to me about being smart. You've got dementia. He implied that. That's the sort of conversation that was yeah. happening there. But there's no... And that's the thing that I don't like when people use the words smart or dumb mm-hmm. because it's it's not a real thing. It's no. words that we attach to something that make it mean more than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. You're like, you can't do something, you're dumb. Yeah. You can do this do this thing really well. You're smart. It, it's just something we attach to, to something that we do yeah. and based on how well we do it, mm-hmm. that's how they explain it. Yeah. And people take it so much more than for what it is. And that's the issue when it gets to at that higher presidential level, they use those words against them Mm -hmm. saying, you've got dementia, you're dumb. And like, how does dementia link to being dumb? Exactly. They don't because dementia is a condition with the body. It doesn't tie to anything related to someone's mental capacity besides from what they're like mm-hmm. going through in themselves. Like if yeah. they forget something, it's not because they're willingly forgotten it or because they haven't been taught it at a young yeah. age. Or they're careless. <clears throat> or they're it's careless. not that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's 
it's a medical it's a, condition. Yeah, it's it's safe to say it's a natural phenomenon to a lot of people as well. It's mm. unfortunate. Well, see, you do need to have certain um, capability to mm. hold that office, to to hold any office that has mm. power. Essentially, that office, you know, holds the button to nuclear weapons. <laughs> Um, you've got to have that, but the way, yeah, these um, these debates are run mm. today, uh, it's it's absolutely not good. And I agree to what you said. You can't really standardize uh, smartness um, yeah. across the entire population because yeah. you may be smart in certain things, but let's put you in a situation mm. where you have no idea about uh, things that you're scared of. Yeah. Uh, you were scared of as a child that really affected you in the future as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the beauty of life. At one point, yeah. That's why I like to call it a roller coaster ride. Mm. At one point, you're living the best life. You're doing the things that you love. You're like you're up there. Yeah. The next thing you know, you're essentially a a, a banana. Like yeah. you're, you're you're useless to, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. and people are just you know eating you up or just yeah. stomping all over you. And uh, you've got to be humble. Uh, I yeah. think that's where uh, that's that's precisely your point as well. Yeah. And when you think about it like that as well. You get to a point where you're like, I am really good at what I do. And at the same time, you get to that point in your life where you're now, you plateau. Mm. And that's where the defining factor comes into play. And I do this every single day. I catch myself. Yeah. As soon as you're in kind of like a fixed mindset, that's when you start to plateau. It's like, I know what I'm supposed to do. There's nothing more I can possibly learn. As soon as you do that, that's when you fall, you fall behind the curve. True. You have to have a growth mindset. There's always something new. Mm. Always. I always thought like when I worked in my job, I would learn up to a point where I know everything about what I do within my role, about the back end of a home loan. And then someone comes up to me and asks me something completely different, mm-hmm. like very niche. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I actually don't know that. And that happens all the time. <clears throat> and that's the thing. As soon as you get yourself into the growth mindset versus fixed mindset, uh-huh. You pull yourself out of it and you're constantly growing. Yeah. And that's how people people tie smartness to people like yeah. that. Because they're like, they're willing to adapt, transform. Because there's a difference between changing and transforming. Because changing is you change a triangle to a square. Mm. Transforming is tra- making a triangle into a triangle. But this triangle yeah. is more refined. Yeah. It's perfect like you're looking at it it's just almost perfect and you keep adapting to it transforming yeah, exactly. it exactly and that's how the mind should be exactly uh, we talked about this earlier as well mm. having a shift in mindset from one thing to the mm. other it brings incredible amount of change mm-hmm. change and one thing that really surprises me is think of pain yeah right think of pain uh, like a physical pain you can't really get rid of pain just like that in a matter of a second you mm. can't physical pain is a slow process of yeah. getting it or getting away from it mental pain however mm-hmm. If someone says the right thing, if someone does the right thing for you, mm-hmm. if you shift your mindset, it's it, it, it the pain goes away in a second. Yeah, because and I remember because I like you see it in this all the self development classes and stuff. There's books about it, but it's all about understanding that pain when when it's within yourself. For example, yeah. you have a trauma that's happened 10, 15 years ago, and you're holding on to that pain. And then you you tell people I'm in pain, mm. but when you ask when you ask them mm. why, like why are you in pain, they explain it. You're like okay, so it's a it's a mental kind of pain. It's not yeah. it's not like a physical kind of pain. So what's what's that barrier that's stopping you from progressing forward? Yeah, because the past should define you, but it shouldn't hold you back. Yeah, true. 
So it's kind of like seeing it for what it is, mm. but also allowing for what's ha- all your past comings to make you stronger as a person in the right now. Exactly. I guess it's a collection of experiences. 100%. And, and the way you deal with this mental pain mm-hmm. um, and balance this, um, balance what you want to do and mm-hmm. how where you want to go while still carrying that baggage, I think yeah. it all builds a person to where they are. And that, I believe, is a, an important discussion to have in today's world is uh, about mental illness as well. Because we think uh, a lot of people who haven't been through uh, anxiety or depression, yeah. they don't know how it's like. Honestly, that's something I wanted to um, ask you as well. Yeah. How do you know that you're depressed? Because uh, in my how I see this mm. is, I have a certain amount of pain, like everybody does. Yeah. I have a certain amount of struggles, but I don't know um, if I'm depressed or if I'm anxious or if I'm just generally sad at that point in time. Yeah. And I don't know where when I get out of it as well. Mm. So just for the general um, sake of understanding this, um, what, what do you think um, depression is uh, in terms of understanding or knowing that you have it? In all honesty, the way that I see and understand it, because everyone's way that they understand depression is going to be different because a small little thing that they do, what would you say, feeling really sluggish when they get out of bed, physically drained, tired, they can link that. It's like, I feel depressed. Mm. And then you have an example where someone's like, they're constantly within their mind and wondering, Mm. how am I supposed, why am I feeling like this? Have I eaten enough? Have I done this? Have I done that? There's so many different reasons. But for myself, when I feel like I'm feeling essentially that kind of level depression, where I'm getting up in the morning, I'm very, very tired, Mm. sluggish, and just trying to gather my thoughts. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, why am I feeling like this? What's Mm. causing it? How can I kind of go from it? Yeah. So for myself, I can always say anyone, everyone essentially gets some sort of level of depression 100%. at any given time. I wouldn't honestly, hand to heart, I don't believe anyone can say I've never been depressed before because it's mm. part of human nature. Yeah. There's a lot of stresses in the world. It gets piled onto you and yeah. then you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So is it safe to say then, um, so like you said, you mm. know, everyone gets depression. Is it safe to say it's very subjective? There's no particular definition of what depression is. A hundred percent because as I said, someone might think the most simplest thing mm. is what co- what's making them feel depressed. Yeah. Or it could be something massive. Yeah. But it should be taken so seriously. Mm-hmm. The smallest little thing. And that's why when you talk to someone and you ask them, it's like, how are you? How are you going? You have to really kind of probe into it because everyone has those guards up in front of them. You want them to feel comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. Because a lot of the time people just leave their shoes at the door Mm. uh, when they go into work and stuff like that. And you can tell when people are not their usual selves. For myself, people at work, my friends, family know when I'm not myself, mm. because I'm usually really bubbly, laugh, I can vouch for that. Like banter all the time. Yeah. But as soon as I'm the opposite, I'm mm. tired. I'm really like, you can see you're like, it's just, it physically yeah. looks like I'm drained. Mm. That's when you know that my internal battery is yeah. just run dry. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back and just take a breather yeah. and just essentially work on myself a little bit. Mm. And that's why I feel like a lot of people 
should, should be doing and also reaching out to people to yeah. do. So communication is a big part of that. So. And when I go to work and I feel mm. like sometimes, you know, it's just not my day mm. and, I, and I feel like just going into the room and just sleeping it off, um, I make a decision to go to work out. Mm. And uh, working out is such a good therapy because mm. you're putting all your energy into building yourself up. Yeah. You're just putting your frustration out on the equipment or yeah. just on the tr- treadmill, or even if you go out for a run. And I think I feel like um, yes, mental illness is a thing, but mm-hmm. a lot of people or a lot of um, organizations and um, even parents, yeah. mostly parents and friends around you, we should we should encourage people to work out more often. And 100%. it's oh, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with yeah. that. And you're, uh, you, you, you have this, uh, you have a knowledge of working out as well. Mm. Uh, you go to hardcore gym right there. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's the, uh, what's the motivation towards your, um, your uh, decision to start working out? Well, my decision to start working out came from the fact that, and it was when I essentially kind of looked at myself, I felt very unhealthy. Mm. I remember I can pay, I can remember the day like it was yesterday. I was in Germany and I was going through to my, uh, my ex-girlfriend's uh, brother's house mm-hmm. and he lives probably like 25 uh, stairs. It's a lot. Probably take about five minutes to walk up. It was the second time I've been there because I've been to Germany twice. As soon as I walked to the top, I f- could feel this really like tired feeling, drained, physically heavy. And then I weighed myself. And I remember I was at about 102 kilos. I'm like, okay, I need to make that change. I need to make that change. And that's what was the start. That's when I went through this dramatic shift in my mindset. I'm like, I want to be stronger. I want to be better. I want to be the person that also drives myself yeah but also drives other others that's the reason why i've been trying to get you and, and dev to come to the gym. yeah 100 yeah. percent. looking forward and 102 kilos and what yeah. was your height six, the same? six foot it's the same then essentially yeah. oh, okay man but 102 kilos yeah it's uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot you know what i used to think uh previously that yes some people have this um a disorder where mm. they're generally just big um yeah. and uh, but a lot of times Ever since I've started working out, I've realized that transformation is in your hands. It can be done. Yeah. It can be done. 100%. And uh, even I used to be very, um, you know, lethargic in the sense that I didn't want to work out. Gym, working out was not my thing. I decided yeah. that. Then one day, I just, I'm like, nah, let's just do it. Go in there, pay the money, uh, pay the mm. fees, and then that's it. Ever since that day on, the working out journey, yeah, I've seen my uh, mental clarity grow. I've seen my um, just general happiness um, come through uh, and I can just do things better in yeah. a lot of ways. And the thing with that is, is that, and I love this so much because what no one really realizes is that yeah. we all have a tipping point and there's books about the t- that tipping point. Mm-hmm. And the tipping point is basically when you go through a whole bunch of experiences in your life, good or bad, mm-hmm. but eventually you get up to a point where everything sits up perfectly and then it just shifts the other way Mm -hmm. and you can look at it history every part of history where there was a dramatic change in something that happened you had that tipping point where everything was going a way that everyone except uh, expected it to go Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden click the fingers it went the other way Mm. that there was a change everything transformed and you keep going and when you incorporate this into when you're exercising Mm -hmm. for me my tipping point was when i was walking up those stairs 
for you, it was just, it might've been a random yeah. day where you're like, why am I eating this cheeseburger? Exactly. Like I should be going to the gym. I should be exercising, staying healthy. Some people mm. don't, are different. Some people like to do yeah. yoga, go for walks. And it really, it really depends on the person. Yeah. And that's the real beauty of it. Because now that I've gotten into the gym, there's never a day where I go to the gym and I come out of it and say, I regret going. Mm. I feel never. So, yeah. I feel so refreshed and it's amazing. My back of my shirt's drenched. I know that I've worked all my all my stresses out. Yeah. Everything. And it's it's beautiful because one, it helps you get away from reality because you're focusing on yourself. Mm. And that's why it's such a big a factor in exactly. when you're like yeah. especially with mental health. When you exercise and when you focus on yourself to keep pushing and doing things it really helps. Mm -hmm. And with games and stuff like that, it can help in your favor sometimes. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're playing games, especially when it's competitive, mm -hmm. you become very self-absorbed into the game and you're in your own bubble. And then whenever you're frustrated, there's no one to get frustrated at. Yeah. You can't just become a keyboard warrior and get angry yeah. and just type vigorously onto the keyboard. You're like, oh, I hate you, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Why are you doing this? Richard yeah. and I have, were having this conversation as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, the guy who came in on the second episode that mm. that channels into sometimes you know the the violence part of things with video games and mm. stuff. When when you're essentially just playing um, and just you know putting all your frustration into the keyboard into the person uh, who's there <laughs> virtually, yeah. uh, and then and, you know, when you have access to guns or when you have access to things that could harm people, that's when it yeah. channels. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially with that as well, um, you're playing a game you're angry and then the next person you're around it's kind of like an area of effect mm. where there's no one else to get angry at so you end up throwing it onto someone else yeah and it doesn't affect your health and it doesn't affect the other person that's taking it on and that's why you have to be very cautious with that True. especially when you're trying when you're trying to kind of step out of that realm of reality and focus on yourself that you're essentially doing it for the right reasons, mm -hmm. not for the wrong ones. Because as soon as you do it for the wrong reasons, it manifests and it becomes a lot something more than what it actually is. Yeah. And then it becomes so much harder yeah. for you to pull out of it. And that's the concept of balance. Uh, mm -hmm. Like everything, gambling, to drinking, to smoking, yeah. to just playing video games, everything has to have a balance. Even with working mm -hmm. out, and I'll be honest with you, like you said, you know, I've never regretted going to the gym, but I do, I'll be honest, I, I, I do feel like not going, uh, coming from work, but just that energy that I gather and just head out the door and to the gym, yeah, um, it, it's always been worth it. And I feel especially good when I wake up to get ready for work, pull my shirt out, let my pajamas out, and I see the change coming in one by one. Like, you know, my the muscles just growing yeah. a certain part of the body, my fat just diminishing mm. from my belly that's the best part of it yeah and uh that has really uh, helped me uh, get this fog out of my mind as well like you said people go for different re reasons yeah germany the, the staircase was for you like what the fuck is wrong with me and then <laughs> yeah for me i was like you know i used to be such a good um i, I used to be to be a good communicator at one point in time right um maybe because i maybe you know i i just I developed some ideas where I realized, okay, I've, I've got to stop talking about these things because these are the things that I, I don't believe in anymore. But then I realized my mind was getting foggy. My mind was just limited to certain ideas. And working out has incredibly, it's been an incredible help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But every time I see you uh, go to the gym and uh, just you know in the kitchen making your meals and preps, oh my god, you're you're a, you're a fucking foodie, oh my god. So this guy, so this guy, uh, oh my god. Uh, by the way, we're recording. Welcome yeah. to Bottled. Oh, uh, welcome. <laughs> so, um, do it. <laughs> you, you, Should you, I do it? Is do it. All right. Bottled. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's. Patent pending. <laughs> that's 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 going to be the next intro. All right. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, just to give you a bit of context, uh, welcome Justin to uh, Bottle. He is my housemate. Um, known him for about what two months, um, but it's mm. uh, it it feels like it's been so long. I know, right? It's, it's crazy. Been, just click yeah. the finger, and it feels like I've been here for like thirty years. Exactly. That's the thing about people with uh, similar mindsets. Mm. Like you don't have to try. Yeah. Right? You don't have to try to get on get along with each other. Yeah. And that's why I really like is that you you were willing to be as uncomfortable as I was mm-hmm. when you obviously introduced me and brought me and showed me around the house because that's what essentially helps us thrive is to get out of our comfort zone, converse, converse have that conversation and just really show that person who you actually are. And from the start till now, I've mm. never changed myself. Yeah, exactly. I've always yeah. been like, I'm this talkative, fun happy guy happy to share my food yeah try to get you to the gym <laughs> and that and that's the thing and, and that's how i always say um and my principal i saw it in his office and it's this saying stuck with me f- forever and i'll always hold on to it because it's so true and it's like be yourself because everyone else is taken yeah and it spoke so much bounce because every time you try to be someone that you're not it makes it another step harder for you to become the person you actually are. Exactly. Well, you can just be yourself. 100%. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Comparison is a thief of joy. The mm. more you compare yourself with others and the more you want to become who you're not, mm. that's exhausting. It takes away what you could be generally very good at. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that's what I liked about you. And, and the funny thing is, is, you know how we all have these uh, little habits? You, my sir... You have this incredible habit, uh, way with words. Mm. And it just sounds so bad when you say you have a way with words. But I do say, as I got to know you better, you have a way with ideas as well. So mm. you, you have these words and ideas uh, come up together. Um, and it's funny because we work in similar industries in customer mm. service. And talking to people helps. And that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast as well. Mm. Because we all communicated from thousands of years ago. Yeah. You may say you're an introvert. You may say you're an extrovert. It yeah. doesn't matter what part of the spectrum you're on. Mm. But communication really helps. And you seem to understand that. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, such, a, it's such an amazing thing. Like when you talk to customers, I'd probably say... So five years ago, if I was to look back at myself, mm-hmm. I probably wasn't as talkative. I would talk to my, my friends and my family as I'm now, but it wasn't as confident as it would, what it is now. And it just was from going from working in hospitality, dealing with escalations, going to working in a contact center and just working my way up and mm-hmm. just understanding people. And it really showed me that at the end of the day, we shouldn't be looking at it as customer service because I hate the word customer, mm-hmm. like with a passion. I prefer the using, I prefer the word human mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the conversation you want to have with the person is not as a customer, it's as a human because when you truly have an experience with that person, you have a conversation with that person and they f- truly feel 
that you've helped them and they remember your name after that conversation, you've had a true human interaction. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a service to that person. Talking about human interaction, man, I'm not going to say which organization, but I once had to get a blood test done. Mm -hmm. So I'm with this um, health fund. So they're my insurance company as Mm -hmm. well. Call them up. And um, the person, so my question was very simple. Hey, Victoria, am I covered for this? I've got to get these blood tests done, mm. right? Obviously, when someone calls for a blood test, you have gone through something, right? Yeah. You're, in the, you're, you're tensed to a certain extent. And the person on the phone was, you know, she immediately said, all right, Sahil, I'm going to read something out of the PDS. If you have any questions, please, please mm. let me know. And she read a fucking paragraph of a PDS. <laughs> And I sat there and I listened. Uh, I, I listened. Uh, I listened. I, I just, uh, I, I couldn't believe what, I, what was happening there. Mm. And in the end, I said, Victoria, you may be a nice person, but this is, a, this is precisely not how you treat customers. Yeah. And that links to what you said. You, we are human beings. The person on the other side and the person calling yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we have a process we have to follow. We have quality assurance. But there's a way to have those, tick those boxes but also have that amazing human response. Yeah. I'll use an example of, of mine that I had um, recently. Because obviously I, I'm, I'm to, I talk to a lot of customers mm. to do with whether, because they've been impacted due to COVID. So I'm having those conversations and a lot of them are in Victoria. And knowing what's happening down there, yeah. especially the people who are in the stage four lockdown, smack dab in the middle, South Bank, like city of Melbourne. Yeah. And just listening to them, what's going on? It's like, I can't afford to put food on the table. It really, it, it hits as much as me. It does, yeah. As it does to them. Because the way I am as a person is that I take on someone's feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and stress and help them get through it. Mm. Because one of my detriments was, is that I used to take it on, but then make it my, my, my own issue. Yeah, And then that will take away. And that's what drained my battery even faster. So I learned over the years to help people 99.9% of the way and let them do that 0.1%. That, but that 0.1% is yeah. the true 100%. Because at the end of the day, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I'm going to help you as much as I can. Yeah. I feel for you. I want to do everything I can try to establish what we can do to further assist yeah and and then go from there yeah and that's how you generally should be um, in life as well mm. like not just about uh, work but generally when you're just you know going about your day mm. that's where the concept of racism and the concept of you know pe- people looking down on the other person comes mm. into play as well imagine if the world was just there were no borders or there were there was no concept of someone being rich or poor there was no mm. concept of someone being a higher race or a lower race it would have been incredible but that's i, I know that's unrealistic that's not going to yeah. happen but that part of what you said about being human just being kind just accepting mm. things as long as they don't affect you yeah. has to be there with everyone yeah. and a lot of people don't do it mm. and it's 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 sad to see as well and uh, but trust me, there are organizations out there who are doing it. I have to, because um, yeah. I, I know customer service is not very, uh, so people, you know, the, a lot of companies don't invest in customer service because they feel like there are other things to focus on. 
but some organizations i have to say uh, even when walking um in um you know going for general shopping in australia like mm. the bookstore demox is, is that how you say it demox d y m o c k it's like tomato tomato to me demox they are so good like you walk in there you feel very uh, you feel valued mm. And for what it's, what it's worth, there is a cafe here in Carlton as well. Mm. Not the one we went to this morning, but the other one on the other side. These yeah. people, they took over a, a shop uh, that was uh, run by a lady for 20 years. She was not interested in what she was doing, but then they took over and it's just changed the entire locality, mm. just changed it. So I have to say there are yeah. organizations doing it, um, but it's not enough. Mm. It's not enough in terms of um, people helping people out. Yeah, even with that professional um, intention. Yeah, and that and that's the the hardest thing because when we want everyone to work together, yeah. Because at the end of the day, we want to strive for world peace. Mm-hmm. Although the most frustrating thing is, is that us designers, humans, is that we will always disagree about something, whatever it is. We will never have a hundred percent of people. In a large world scale, it might. If you look at a at a lower scale between a couple or as a small group company, you might get a hundred percent voting. Everyone's for something, but at a world scale, mm. there's people who um just don't want to accept the norm, don't want world peace. There's yeah. something that they disagree about mm. because they strongly believe that there's some sort of agenda yeah. behind it that's telling him if i go world peace mm. what's what is it going to cost me how is it going to benefit me yeah but how is it also going to stuff me around mm. and that's the the biggest frustration because we want everyone to be in peace and harmony but we are our own like destroyers mm. yeah like we get in our own mind and we make something more than what it actually is mm. so if we were to do that it'd just be the click of the finger and everyone would be happy 100 percent. But, but unfortunately we just a lot more intricate than that. Yeah, yeah I agree. World peace is never going to happen. Mm. Uh, it's uh, it sounds like a very fancy concept now. That world peace. Uh, mm. We're touching eight billion people, um, and like you said, very well defined. That mm. people have their own um, agendas. They have their own, um, and some people they just like to have power. Um, like you know, um, like we saw in the presidential debate, mm. one person has to have power of the other or the entire economy. And because of that, our world peace is never going to exist. Uh, but do you have any idea of universal basic income? That's a, co- a concept that's been circling, uh, circulating mm-hmm. around. So from what I've understood, that's basically um, every person on the planet yep. having the same level of income. Mm. So if no one's rich, no one's poor. They all have the same level of income. Yeah. Um, everyone has um, a house to live in. Everyone can afford in the economy and they have um, jobs, but they're yeah. all getting paid the same. Um, there are uh, obviously intricacies and complications there. Uh, do you think that's that's going to solve the problem? Short answer, no. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have to try and push it through to get it to work. Yeah. Everyone... Ideally, if you had everyone to have the same income, you've got to look at all the kind of financial things behind it. How much is everything going to cost? How much are the goods and services? If someone's doing something that's a specialist, they can no longer charge extra. So you have all these other bits and pieces of people saying, okay, cool, I'm only earning $50,000 a year. They're also earning $50,000 a year. But I'm doing extra work here and there to just make it make mm. ends meet yeah how much is house is going to cost 
There's mm. so, as I said, you can yeah. really see yeah. the, where there's so many things coming up. And these are the only the things I can think of off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. It just, it's uh, the same thing happened to, I remember in America. Yeah. When they were trying to raise the minimum wage, which I'm all for. Mm. I love that we get people get paid more because I worked, I worked in a company where being like 18 years old mm-hmm. i hated the fact that i was getting paid like 12 13 dollars an hour I'm like yeah. what am i supposed to do with that yeah like, that's not even enough to pay the rent sometimes but everyone was pushing for it mm. but no one was really looking at how it would affect the person with the most risk on their hands which is the owner of the company mm. how much is their overhead how much are they actually paying for the the, co- the goods to get the person to make th- this these which say pencils mm. to make the pencils put the lead inside so if they raise the the, the minimum wage by two dollars it means that the cost of the pencil goes up by the two dollars mm. because you've got to pay the people more but also you've got to make sure you mark up the price of everything so it's yeah it's, um what's the word inflation yeah true so that's a, that's a that's a good point because mm. um I feel in my opinion the way I see raising minimum wage mm. is um. Uh, debate me if you want, but mm. I, feel, I feel like raising minimum wage is like um, you have a blocked toilet. Mm. Instead of fixing the drain, you're just raising the ceiling high. Oh, you couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Honestly, that's so, that's, that's so true. Honestly, <laughs> it's it, 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 fix, fix the goddamn toilet. Like yeah, you know, fix exactly. inflation, fix fix people, fix employment, mm. provide good education. Yeah. Just have the pillars of society: education police security yeah. have these things um properly organized um and and i feel like you know even if you uh like company even if you pay me ten dollars an hour in yeah. a perfect economy i'd be happy because yeah. if it if it gets me going why not like japan mm. the conversion rate of japan and nepalese currency mm. um is crazy our currency apparently is stronger than japanese really yeah well but the japanese yeah, but the Japanese don't need so much. Uh, you know, it's they're surviving. They're, it's working there because their economy is strong. Mm. They've, they've done things right. Um, so I guess yeah, it's a minimum wage is always debatable. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because it's like you you want it. Yeah, but it, it needs to be in the right conditions. Yeah, and as you said, the pillars need to be worked on mm-hmm. because you can raise the minimum wage all you want, but mm-hmm. all it's going to do is just raise the cost of the goods that you're trying to sell. Exactly. It's yeah. smaller if it's a pencil to cars or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You need to fix the the broader picture in general mm-hmm. before you can do anything else. Yeah. And that's that's how I see it. And like I could agree. It was so funny yeah. when you said that. I'm just like, <laughs> like you, you put I was thinking about something similar in my mind, uh, like as an analogy, and then you just like psh- painted yeah. it on the picture and i'm like that's exactly how i would have yeah. said and i read this somewhere it's, mm. it's it's not my own thing but i read it somewhere and it it's, it's so goddamn true mm. like it's it's so simply put but then it's it's i think it's it's the same case with most things in life but we're lucky mm. in australia because what, what's our inflation rate it's in minus it's in negative i believe I think so. I, the, I haven't checked it lately. Yeah, it's a negative mm. because with insurance, uh, we we've got to increase um, um, someone's some insurance. Let's say, for example, if you have life insurance with us, mm-hmm. we increase your payment, like how much we pay you, yeah. and at the same time, we increase your premium as well, I mean, yeah. as in how much you pay us. Uh, but a lot of customers argue that the inflation is in negative. Why are you charging me this? But that's that's a different story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we're lucky in the sense that inflation is not so high uh, mm. in terms of the the rate. Yeah. Um, 
but it's uh, it's it's uh, Sydney is so goddamn expensive, man. The rent and the housing, I think that's that takes a lot out oh, of someone. Hundred percent. And I remember to teach myself how to budget mm-hmm. in like within Sydney. I lived in Coogee. The prestige is amazing. But Rich the, guy. But disclaimer: the biggest disclaimer is is that. The rent stays the same regardless of the season. So True. Yeah. <laughs> so even though it's dead cold outside, it's raining, there's no one eating, you're still paying twenty yeah. bucks for smashed avo and toast with with a nice eggs Benny next to it. It's ridiculous. Mm. And people paint this amazing picture because it's by the beach, it's worth so much more. I for about six months mm. to a year, I stayed in a, a two bedroom unit, I was paying it for it myself. Yeah. Because I wanted to live that lifestyle of being close to the city, being independent. And the one thing it really did teach me to is how to budget and how expensive rent is when you're doing it by yourself. Obviously, how much were you paying? $600 a yeah, week? $600 a week. So when you did that over a span of a month, it's a lot of money. So they always say that you should be only pay, uh, spending 40 percent it's 40 to 50 percent of your disposable income like as um towards the rent so if you're getting a home loan that's how you can figure out if you can actually afford to pay for a place mm. because if you tie everyone's income together then you're able to to get this place yeah Obviously going through credit and stuff like that um and it really taught me how to budget truly budget because i was really really bad with money i would spend it and I feel like that was probably one of the biggest factors in my life where mm-hmm. I realized I wasn't really paying attention to needs and wants. Mm-hmm. And I was more so, I want this, I want that. Yeah. And then when I ended up stay- living in there for a year, I was like, wow, okay. I don't want this, but I need this and this. So yeah. I was able to distinguish it too and it really taught me. And I, I just moved around and eventually got to the point, moved back with my... Uh, my auntie and uncle for a little bit yeah. during uh, still well while we're still in COVID, um, but now moved here yeah. because it justified it. It was within the the amount that I could afford and while still saving. Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing is that everyone wants to move into this big house, mm. pay and like and pay rent, but sometimes you need to kind yeah. of pull yourself back and say, okay. What do I need and what do I want? Yeah. You distinguish the two. A hundred percent. Very well said because you've got to have a clear distinction between what you really need. Mm. Like, is it something you really need? Like, it's a, it's a, um, it's something you can't survive without or yeah. is it a want? Maybe that apartment in Kuji was a want. But here's the thing. Mm. I, I never think it's a, a bad, it was a bad decision because like you said, you learned budgeting. 100%. Right, uh, it, it's been a lot of uh, for me as well. Like you know, when I was uh, growing up, didn't get to use a lot of gadgets. Now I can I can f- afford gadgets and I can use yeah. them, play the you know play things, the consoles, have watches and computers. Mm. But sometimes I, I feel like I'm spending too much. Uh, I feel like I'm spending things on that I think on things that I want yeah. instead of need. Um, but I th- I feel like it's never a bad thing as long as number one you can afford it. Number two, your future is not detrimented by that yeah. spending. As yeah. long as you mm-hmm. have a, a safety net there, so yeah. as, as long as you have a soft ground where you can fall on, um, mm. go do it, man. Just go to the pub, go, go you know, just travel, just take yeah. the flight to nowhere, like mm. Qantas did. Yeah, because, and, and there's, there's things is that you can do things where 
it helps you benefit in a way. Yeah. And there's things where I know that I want it, but at the same time, it's something that I need. Mm. And an example of that is like my gym equipment and stuff like that. It's not something I really need, but I want it because it'll help me improve form, push heavier weights, yeah. not injure myself. So getting, I bought like new straps, cost me about like 50 bucks. Didn't really need them. I could have bought $10 ones. Yeah. Would have kind of done about the same thing, but these ones were thicker, stronger, and they were protected my wrist more. So it had a better health benefit to me in the long run to spend a little bit more. Yeah. And that's when you kind of, you look at things like this. For example, when you're doing your your podcasts, you want to have all the items. And you might look mm. at something where it's it's a little bit pricey, mm. but if I get it, I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then it justifies it and it moves out of being a want to more so, I need it for this, this, and this. I understand. As long as you can link logic into that purchase. Yeah. yeah. Logic. Yeah. Is, I think a logic is a very big thing in that. Uh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks for bringing that up because I need to purchase these shock mounts for the microphones. Mm. Uh, you may have noticed um, if you uh, tap the table, yeah. the microphone sort of moves. Yeah. And that's uh, sort of affecting the quality as well. So I'm planning on getting a shock mount yeah. where even if you move the table, the shock mount will hold the microphone in place. Yeah. But the, just the outer part of that will move. So you won't hear these dings and dongs and uh, just tapping on the table. So it's kind of like the chicken head where it's like you move the body, but the head doesn't move. <laughs> nice analogy. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> uh, literally, um, they put a GoPro on a chicken's head and they put it on, a, I think it was on a speedboat or a yacht. And it was amazing because the, the boat was moving around yeah. and the chicken's head was just dead straight. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, birds have hundreds and thousands of bones in their neck mm. and that's one of the reasons why it, it sort of functions the way it does that's a shock mount essentially mm. and owls as well like they have thousands of bones in the neck so they can turn yeah. 360 you know oh. owls can turn yeah, yeah. No, that's creepy oh my god <laughs> yeah is it true that you know bats they, the ones you see outside yeah. are regular nights and they kill uh, are they dangerous as in if they bite do they suck blood I'm not sure if it's a myth or a fact that bats suck blood. I'm pretty sure there's a, a bat that does suck blood. I think it's um, like somewhere around the world, mm -hmm. but it, like it attacks like pigs and stuff like that. Uh, um, but the majority of bats don't do anything. If you go to the, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the botanical gardens, you see those massive flying foxes. They're gigantic. They're like the like their their the most part of their body is probably the size of your head, and then you got the wingspan. Mm -hmm. They fly around everywhere. They're harmful. They eat fruit. Yeah. They you will hear them chirp, like singing to themselves. They're like, "Oh, look! I, f I found a, a berry tree. Come quick!" <laughs> and then you'll see like a hundred other bats fly to it. Um, but yeah, like ninety nine percent of them, yeah, are not dangerous at all. It's yeah. just like, you have one where it just like maybe attack. Yeah, uh, I think it's cartoons and movies that sort of uh, gave me the idea that bats suck blood and they kill mm -hmm. people. Because I walk through the neighborhood sometimes in the evening and I hear bats. You can you can you can tell when it's a bat, right? Yeah, it flaps and it it's really loud. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, should I run or should I do a quick Google search? <laughs> do, do bats kill? Oh, well, when I was a kid, I remember watching the movie Bats. Have you watched that one? No, I haven't. <sighs> Long story short, this was a movie about these, I think it was genetically modified bats uh -huh. and they would fly around and they would attack people like in strategies. 
and they if you ever put a tracking device on one of the bats it will know it's an imposter bat and it would kill it to, so you wouldn't be able to track them and i was so petrified of bats at that point yeah and i remember probably about two three months later i was actually living in cogra uh-huh. um, <laughs> um and i was sleeping with my two brothers and all of a sudden big bang a bat smacked into the, on the window. window and i saw it at the same time and i was just like oh my god like looking out of like is there bats so for a good couple of years yeah. i was like freaking out i'm like is the bats gonna bite me and stuff like that but obviously as mm. a kid your mind runs wild imagination plays tricks on you exactly and yeah eventually i read a book and i realized oh wait okay they yeah. don't actually suck blood exactly. it just was a goof and didn't realize it was a window and it yeah. smacked it <laughs> i i think it's the way they portrayed uh, bats it's the, it's the way they portrayed bats, um, as in, um, uh, you know, with Draculas and how they suck bloods and mm. uh, blood and then bite the neck. And the way it was integrated into Batman as well. It was transported into Batman, uh, the mm. movie. Just the dark feeling of these animals. Um, it, it's crazy. And then uh, in recently, 2020, bats became a big thing with coronavirus as well. <laughs> you know how they say it came from bats? It's a, it's a big controversy. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's nuts. And then you have Nicki Minaj making fun of it. Oh, really? What happened yeah. there? She was like, she's, um, she even said it, or it was someone that voiced over it. And she was like saying coronavirus, uh-huh. but like in her kind of voice. So I was like, oh. coronavirus. Ah, oh, I've seen that meme. Yeah, uh, I've seen it. I've seen and it. And I'm yeah. like, and then you, you'll be walking and everyone's got their masks on. And then someone's like, s- screams out covid to someone and then everyone just freaks out yeah you just sit there and then everyone just panics like yeah. you, you sniffle your nose you're like i know excuse me you just you, did you just blow your nose in front I know. of me how rude Th- things have like, changed <laughs> it's changed so much i know I, I watch videos and movies now of um not 2020s mm. and i see people shaking hands i'm like <gasps> they shook hands <laughs> i'm like Oh my God. Oh. The presidential debate, there was such a funny moment. So they were talking about the usefulness of masks as well. Mm. <laughs> so Joe Biden prefers to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Trump doesn't. Um, and uh, so the moderator asks a question, hey, uh, why do you not wear masks? And then Trump says, I wear a mask. I'm just not like Joe Biden. He wears a big ass mask, even 20 meters away from here. He's just overdoing it. Mm. And uh, it's funny how things have changed um, in so many different ways. Like you go to public transports now and people are wearing masks. Yeah. People are taking it seriously. And I I love it. Yeah, because it's a preventative measure. It's obviously won't completely stop the spread because long story short, if someone's infected with it, then they're going to infect someone regardless if they like it or not. Mm. And then you have someone who's taking the preventive measures, wearing gloves, disinfecting. Um, and it's so funny because they are, at one point they would force you to sanitize your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, countless times you go into each store, they're like, sorry, before you enter, can you hand sanitize? But when you sanitize your hands for ready, it kills all the bacteria for about an hour until like, like bacteria can kind of sit on it again. Mm-hmm. So you're, stacking sanitizer on sanitizer and then you end up just destroying your the skin on your hands at like one point i lost like all the ca- like had calluses on my hands and it was all gone because i just put like four different types of hand sanitizer on yeah and my hands felt all weird 
and like it got all like do you know when it starts to get flaky mm-hmm. yeah. so that happened and i'm like no so it's overuse of hand sanitizers yeah yeah because they would get you to put it on all the time not realizing that you can't stack them they're, they're pretty much once you do it one time mm. it does its effect but i guess they yeah. just want to make <laughs> they wanted to make sure like 200 percent yeah exactly and yeah. i'm like to the detriment of my skin <laughs> yeah but aren't we lucky in 2020 oh. to have um um the communication and media to mm. spread message from one place to the other yeah i uh, imagine what happened 100 years ago and uh jackson from the other uh, my friend raised a good point uh, they did have radios where you could communicate a an important news from one place to the other like for yeah. example 1920s halloween was cancelled around the world in places they do celebrate halloween mm and um it was such a long process to uh, have that information spread from one place to the other but now it's literally just a tap of a button yeah it's it's crazy how uh, easily news spreads yeah and the frustrating thing about news is that these days you have to take it with a grain of salt you have to because when you look at it you'll have one thing saying this is what's the issue and then 30 minutes later next day the complete opposite mm. say oh why why this is good and why, like, yeah like see make all, up your mind <laughs> yeah exactly and, and all they're doing is they have so much content right now they're on the moon it's something we don't realize and we're feeding them we're feeding our fear to these new uh, media mm. companies like they have so much content like they have they can go for coronavirus for at least four months yeah they can go about trump getting coronavirus for at least two weeks two or three weeks Mm. they can go about international travels for at least three or four months look at the content they have they have so much work to do now and every time we turn the uh, phone on and every time we scroll through facebook Mm. and every time we devote our time and attention to these um news articles um the the stronger they get. Mm. Uh, my opinion on this is you've got to be careful, as in you've got to take the right steps, as in wear a mask, yeah. sanitize your hands, have social distancing, because coronavirus is not a hoax. It yeah. is real. Um, but, Agreed. you know, learn important news and information, but don't believe everything you see. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to be preventative, but also if you start following the, everything that the news says, you become like this person that just, as soon as some, the, the government says something, you're like, okay, cool. It must, that must be what I have to do. And then they start doing it. If it's for coronavirus, I agree. But when it's for a lot of other things, they change it in a way where it's, it suits the agenda for the mass public that it's, it's trying to aim for. And that's the most frustrating thing about watching the news these days is mm-hmm. that you're sitting there and then you just scratch your head and you're wondering, I'm like, who wrote this? I know. And then I can't help but notice because especially with some of those news agencies, I spot the spelling mistakes. Uh-huh. And it's something very funny about myself is that I have a very a high attention to detail and a really weird memory based on conversations. So mm-hmm. whenever I have a conversation with someone, I'll remember it. And the attention to detail, I'll be sitting there and I'll be reading a newspaper article. The first thing I notice is that they spelt please wrong. <laughs> or they missed a letter. What was the spelling? It was P-L-A-E-S-E. A common. <laughs> Rookie mistake. And I was like, like, this is a multi-million dollar company. How do you miss a spelling check? 
<laughs> Especially when you have Microsoft Word, like you know, can literally right? have you can you can see the the scribble there yeah. when there's a spelling mistake. And it's just amazing because I'd sit there and the first thing I notice is a spelling mistake, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm like, yeah, this guy must be kicking himself. He's posted it. I know. Uh, yeah. It's it's even crazier when there's a spelling mistake on tattoos or oh. big headlines. It, it, okay, if there's a spelling mistake on the news media on the computer, I mean, sorry, the website, that's fine. You can literally just edit it. Yeah. Imagine um, newspaper and headlines having uh, those, those uh, because it happens. I've seen, I'm not sure where, if you tell me uh, to uh, give me the, give you the example, I can't, but I've seen headlines that have had um, spelling mistakes. Mm. I, I reckon it's, pro- it's probably happened. Yeah, uh, 100%. And they don't realize until someone's pointed as like, hey, what were you trying to get at with here? <laughs> yeah. Is it meant to be a spelling mistake? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I guess it, it comes down to, because it's people doing these things and it comes down to stress because we don't know what's happening there. Very true. Um, people do make mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you've got to, you know, to a certain extent, you've got to forgive them as well. Um, I was one day, right? And all they had was a, um, a, check, uh, a check-in booth. Yeah. And... They had this social uh, distancing, um, you know, um, notices and uh, just uh, sign signages, uh, mm-hmm. just telling people to line up or go there, go here. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, a small boy, right? And he was holding a sign that literally said, please don't come near me. And, <laughs> and he was with his mom and his, uh, he, he hand wrote it on the, on the thing, uh, on, the, on a board like this. And the spelling, there was so many spelling mistakes, but it was such a fun thing to see. Mm. I couldn't take a picture because I just forgot about it. But he was like, you know, holding this sign. It was just the beginning of the coronavirus. And he's like, don't, please don't come near me. <laughs> and and that made me realize every person has been affected by this. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to international travel because of this, man. I've been like, we, uh, I have to say, you know, I'm fortunate because I go to work. I've got, you know, a stable source of income. Yeah. Touch wood. Um, but so many people have been affected. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it's crazy because we all know that as soon as we they open the borders, the price for travel is going to go through the roof. I'm gonna. You're gonna want to fly to Bali. No worries. Three thousand dollars return yeah. instead of being the seven eight hundred dollars that it used to be. Yeah. Because everyone's going to want to go. And as you were saying before, all the people with that extra disposable income that can afford to splurge an extra two three thousand dollars on top of what everyone else can afford will be the people who go go to travel first. Yeah. They'll come back. Give it six months to a year. Once all the travels back, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it will go back to that kind of normality. The world yeah. won't be the same because, as I said, the world has changed in a way. This whole pandemic that's happened, it's pushed the world into its whole new tipping point. Everything has changed. We've gone through a whole new era because this is not the first kind of SARS uh, virus we've had. No. We've had one before. This is the second one, but this one has been a lot more, like a lot more harsher in mm. terms of like the economy and how it's affected people. True. And it's created that whole new tipping point. So now moving forward, the way that we everyone's going to perceive and see the world now is going to be completely different. 100%. Because at the same time, you've had the whole Black Lives Matter movement. You've had the coronavirus. Um, you've had Blue Lives Matter. And then you have the, the people talking about White Lives Matter. And it just, everything, all these piled on top of each other have caused the world itself 
to have that tipping point. Mm. And I look forward to seeing how we're going to, the human race is going to come out of it afterwards. Yeah. Because it just goes to show you how much we're going to be willing to learn from that point. Yeah. Because we're going to be sitting here as kind of those people in the stands mm. watching the world change around us. Like, obviously, we'll be playing our part because everything we do, it's kind of like the butterfly effect. Whatever yeah. we do, it's going to have a reaction. Yeah. I guess every generation has to go through something and we yeah. went through this. I'm sure that there are things to come in the future as well. Because if you think about people who were born in 1900s, mm-hmm. uh, let's say 1910, um, they had the flu um, and then the influenza, the black death, uh, whatever they had yeah. at a point in time. And then people born in... Um, 1940s, for example, had the world war, and then the the world entirely changed for years and years and years. Yeah. What I'm trying to observe is a trend in, like you said, you know, the world will never be the same again. But in what way? What is going to change? If there's one thing that I've seen will change is the way we work. We will be working from home. Mm. Who would have thought uh, that, you know, a that we could work from home. So many people are doing it, and it's it's gone crazy. That is going to change. What else do you think? Because I've I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen anything um, in terms of the trend. What could happen there? Well, think about it. We'll mention the economy first of all. Economy. The world's economy itself has shit itself essentially. Australian economy is shit itself. We've had the biggest in unemployment rate since like like tens of years. I think it's. I think it's before the 70s or after the 70s, we've had close to around about that same employment rate. But this whole pandemic has caused the economy to just go into a bigger deficit than what it was. They were even talking about how we've essentially gone into a recession Mm. because everyone's just can't afford it. No one wants to open back up. Things are still closed. There's a lot of um, uh, restrictions preventing people from living day to day as they normally will so the economy is the first thing because it's going to allow people to really appreciate it because now what's happened is people used to spend Mm -hmm. but now people don't spend besides from the people who are trying to buy things because they have that extra disposable income it's like yes let's do it i have the money available to me i can do this because now it's to my benefit to buy within this in um this situation yeah because the last time they had uh, the biggest, um, what was that one? Uh, I'm trying to remember the word, the name for it. It was. Um, do you know the movie The Big Short? I, I keep forgetting. Uh, the uh, financial crisis. That's it. I'm just like trying global to find, financial crisis. I'm like yeah. trying to find the words for it. And I'm like, I can't believe it. The I, I thought you were getting GFC. <laughs> yeah, GFC I'm, like, yeah. I'm trying to find the abbreviated word for it. I was yeah. just like, oh my god. Yeah. I thought you were looking for the word for another uh, pandemic. But yeah, yeah GFC. Yeah. The GFC. So, for an example, people were um, like working hard, trying to make things work and borrowing more they can afford. Then all the people that had that disposable income took advantage of that situation. Mm -hmm. And the same thing's going to happen now. That's the reason why so many more people have been trying to buy and take advantage of these government incentives. And in just not even in home loans, just in general. Yeah. Just purchasing cars, buying stuff, or even saving yeah. because it's to their benefit. Yeah. Everything has gone lower because they want people to spend. Because the amount of people are spending these days is lower than what it is before the pandemic. Yeah. So the economy is the first one. Then you look at the way we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. 
I get into a train and it's actually so crazy because if you, let's just say you removed the whole pandemic out of the equation and you walked into it, into the uh, train and you went to sit down and you have people just putting their bags down because they want to practice social distancing. You'd think that's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you once this all eventually blows over and there's no more trace of it, that social distancing is still going to be there. People mm-hmm. are going to feel uncomfortable sitting next yeah. to each other because this because of what's happened before, it's now changed the way that they live their life. So that's mm. the second thing. And that's those two tied together. It's Those are the things you're going to notice that mm. once we come out of the pandemic, that's how it's going to affect it on a large, broader scale. And we want people to interact and be normal around each other, yeah. mingle and talk. You're going to have some, you're going to have a small amount of people who will do that. It's usually the younger generation because mm. the younger generations live young, live free, yeah. no care in the world. Like as the saying goes, young, dumb and broke. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song, exactly. but yeah. it's so true. That, that, that's, that's one of very few songs that mm. that's recently come out, but I enjoy. Yeah. I love the song. Mm. It's just, um, it has a very, um, nineties feel to it as well. And very mm. modern, but yeah, you were saying, but yeah. And, and that's all those things tied in. Mm. You're going to have the younger generation enjoying having fun because for them, they won't see the the seriousness of the situation, the understanding of that tipping point that this whole pandemic has had on the human race in itself. Then you have the middle generation and then the older generation Mm. that are like, okay, I've got to be careful of this now because this is what mm. happened before and it's, it will change the way that we live our lives 100% but I have a, a different opinion on this I feel mm. like yes it is going to change it uh, it, it is going to be um, um, it is going to be massively different for a few years to come uh, even for I, I'd say till 2023 it's mm. going to be hard yeah. but then on we will get back to normal because I am of a firm belief that people need to touch each other. People oh, need to be uh, in close contact. The social distancing, it's man-made. It's one and a half meters. It's, I don't think, it, it's going to take a, something critically dangerous and lethal to have that into someone's mind that yeah. uh, being close to someone is dangerous. And I feel like, I still feel like coronavirus is not that of a lethal flu. Yeah. I do apologize to people who've lost their loved ones uh, mm. But um, from what the flu is all about in terms of the um, um, the, the level of um, detriment it can do to someone, uh, it's still considered as a flu. Yeah. Because uh, just yesterday, Liverpool Football Club, two players got the coronavirus, yeah. Thiago and Sadio Mane. Um, but they will recover in two weeks. Obviously, they're athletes. They have this different lifestyle and uh, their level of yeah. physical activity. Um but yeah, to what you're saying, I do completely agree that it's gonna it, it, it is going to affect how the economy is going to function. It is going to affect how people work. Cities are going to be redundant. Look at those all. Uh, look at the skyscrapers there. Yeah, there's so many buildings that are, that are empty right there mm-hmm. right now. I I, I can think I, I I've already counted five organizations that I know have, yeah. who've left the city and they're all working from home. So there's five that I know, maybe four that you know, mm. and there's like hundreds and hundreds of organizations leaving the city already. Yeah. That's going to change as well. But I f- still feel like the connection, the communication, and the, um, the the contact we need 
with the other person will um, will come back. I agree, and I, and I I so hope it does. <laughs> Me too, because yeah. I see it as I was saying. So I see it like that that it's going to happen. But my goal, and I agree with you, is that it should be go. It should go back to normal, because I'm the kind of person myself. I'm very loving, embracing, and in the kind of the love languages, I love by touch. Yeah, like interaction. So for me, when I hug someone, it's an embracing hug. Exactly. Like, I care for you. And right now, I can barely do that with with mm-hmm. many people. Yeah, there's so many people I want to give a, a warm, big hug to, and Precisely. then it's frowned upon because of that. So that's why I'm hoping. Yeah, I miss the days. You know how you go to um, you go outside to just a normal party, and you you meet someone for the first time, mm. and you have this nice little interaction, and you hug because even though you've never seen that person before or never really know who they are, but you hug and say goodbye or hug and say hi. Uh, that I, I miss that feeling. That's one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, and <laughs> rewind. So let's rewind back to the first time it came to inspect the place. Mm-hmm. You open the door and you're like, oh, sorry. You know, the whole coronavirus thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll just come in. <laughs> I was like, right, no worries. And I was just like, and it's so true because you could, I could tell straight away you wanted to shake my hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to shake your hand because mm-hmm. for me, it's just like, Hi, yeah. I'm Justin. Nice to meet you. Mm. It's an interaction, eye contact. Yeah, and then, exactly. Yeah, and then I walk to Dev, and then I shake his hand. <laughs> that guy, yeah, I'm that, like, I'm like, ha. <laughs> see, it's funny. Dave is he's an amazing guy, and mm. I love the fact that he's very innocent in in a, in a certain way. He goes, so I walk uh, with him to the gym, and then we go out to um, Cogra just to for daily mm. grocery shopping. And he meets his friends, and the first thing he does is shakes hand. Mm. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> he's he, he has a very um, uh, a different way of looking at things. Yeah, and, and it's it's so funny, it, it, completely true. And mm. the reason why I didn't shake your hand is not because um, I wanted to be this dickhead or I just wanted to follow the social distancing norm mm. or rule, but it's just it it's not fair for you because you you don't know where I've been through where I've been in yeah. the, the entire day, it's and I don't. And I don't know where you've been. Mm. Uh, so it's just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, what I where have I been? Okay. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, I, I was, uh, we were talking about it. It's been two months and it's uh, it's been, uh, it feels mm. like it's been such a long time. Yeah. yeah. And now you're sharing my uh, protein, my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pre-workout. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we had chicken the other day as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. It was pretty good chicken. I wouldn't mind some more. <laughs> yeah. So that I eat like five to six kilos of it a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so go to the toilet. Great. I'll go to the toilet. We're not done yet. All good. Yeah. 